0: everyone welcome back to pop culture rush on this episode episode six uh we're going to explore one of the iconic gaming series that has defined both our lives uh, we have a guest with us today uh, a fellow um, geek marco and he's uh, a really big fan of the metal Gear solid series as well so we're going to dive deep a lot into it today hi marco thanks for joining us it's been a long time coming yeah.
1: and in- indeed thanks for having me
0: yeah we're finally like the planets and all the stars of a line and no marco is here to talk about <laughs> metal gear metal gear let's say like what it means for us like the series like our personal history with the series we'll we'll go round um what about you chris
2: uh for me the first time i got to know the game was in the late 90s uh, a little bit after uh, Metal Gear Solid came out. I mean, everybody was talking about it in the gaming community back then. Um, you had this amazing stealth game, you know, where you're infiltrating a base. These amazing boss fights, the amazing encounter with Psycho Mantis, you know, breaking the fourth wall. So it was. It was really on the the mouth of everyone you know back then you know everybody was talking about Metal Gear Solid and how it was reinventing sort of video games the fact that there was different ways how to um, uh, approach you know encounters and bosses um, the sense of humor the dialogue I mean the voice acting was amazing and the codec you know where you could talk about several things you know and some things were uh, not necessary to do, you know, but you could do them if you wanted more information. So it, it, it was really vast, in my opinion, and, and it was a different way of doing games.
0: All I knew about it was that game where you escape the prison cell by pretending that the ketchup is your blood, and that's all I knew. Uh, I didn't know anything else. I had just played that part with my cousin when I was super young, like. 10. And then way later, uh, I saw the trailer for Metal Gear Solid 4. I was excited for the PS3 at the time, and the graphics looked amazing. And I saw this old guy trying to, you know, survive on the battlefield in the Middle East. There were these weird uh, bipedal robots that made mooing sounds like a cow. And then there was this crazy blonde robot ninja slicing them up and There was this other dude throwing knives at him, and it was crazy. So I got really excited. Um, And then someone gave me the first three games, and I was playing them simultaneously, and I was super confused because the third game is in the 60s, and the second game has a different protagonist. It was
3: really exciting to discover. Cool. how did you get into the series?
1: It was, I believe, in 97 or uh, 98. I used to buy official PlayStation magazine at the time. They had an issue dedicated to a preview of, the, of Metal, Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid. And to be honest, I wouldn't have been interested in it. I mean, I also didn't really care for military games at the time. But the magazine had, a, had the Yogi Shinkawa artwork on the cover. This ink painting of Snake. That's what really grabbed me. It's like, oh, this looks different and, and exciting and yeah, later on, the later issue had a demo with the very first, with the opening area. It was when I was well, I well, got proper hooked. I mean, it was in the first stealth game I would ever played at the time. I mean, I had played Tenchu, and there was If to Dark Project on PC, but the Girl Solid had this cinematic flair that neither game had. Even like the opening sequence with the Celtic chorus singing, and you're like diving to enter the base, for example. Really fantastic stuff That's before you get into the game proper, and that's various mechanics
0: Wow, well, we seem to have all found out and found out about the series in a completely different way uh, <laughs> and that's great because the series is really hard to sort of define every single game has its own identity um you immediately know that you're playing you know uh, snake eater versus phantom pain they're very different but at the same time there's something in common between them and of course that's uh hideo kojima i guess <laughs> the, his writing his his um, sort of outlandish ideas
2: we should maybe maybe we should uh explain
0: who hideo yeah if kojima you go back is. to our second <laughs> if you go back to our second episode i spoke about the man a bit in that stranding uh this latest game um So he's the video game auteur, I guess, behind the series, like the main director, and came up with the stories. But obviously, there's also Shinkawa, as you mentioned, who created the designs. They really gave the games their distinctive look and style, which I think otherwise
1: the 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 series, would be much poorer without it.
0: Yeah, even that first game, the box art—it was ah, white with the, the logo like... on it.
1: Yeah, well, I, rec- I recall the magazine previews all featuring the artwork very prominently because it was so different compared to the like the usual renders their games would use
0: for the promotional art. Can I ask you that, that promotional issue, that demo? Um, you said that the opening sequence until what um, What part? You get in the
1: base and you until you enter the base through the air ducts. So you see the helicopter, you enter the base, go through the air ducts, and you see the DARPA chief dying. Not see the DARPA chief dying, you wow, talk okay. to the DARPA chief that's when it ends. DARPA chief dar- dies later.
0: Cool, okay. Spoilers by the way for a game that came out <laughs> <laughs> for a game that's years 25 years old by now, I
2: think. and maybe one thing we could mention is what what in your opinion uh defines metal gear so yeah there are different games they are very different from each other but what do you think is the common thread of course there there is solid snake in some of them because others you are playing with his ancestor um uh, if you could call him that um, but w- what are some of the core mechanics that you think are are mm-hmm. sort of common uh, in, in, with all the games?
1: Uh, Marco, what do you think? There are stealth, stealth action games, which means the primary mode of fighting the enemies. You hide and you sneak on them. So not in 4 and 5, they give you the option to just go all out. So but really, I think what really unites these games, what, what's in common... Really, with all of Kojima's work, Hideo Kojima's works, is they're really, like very dreamlike, weirdly enough. I think they're best described as like Tom Clancy novels are written by William Gibson and Haruki Murakami. They're like very science fiction games, but they have this strange dreamlike feel to dreamlike or magical realist feel to them. There's an element of like almost surrealism at times with wall. Chris mentioned the fourth wall breaks for instance. It happens throughout the series. There's a commentary running through these games
3: about the game, both video games and the world we are living in. I think also um, in terms of story things, Mm. there's um,
2: uh, robotics, genetics, um, there's like the increase
1: in
2: uh, militarism, uh, uh, espionage. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so those, in my opinion, are very important themes. And then there's sort of this idea that there's this sort of cabal uh, um, uh, which is uh, um, uh, ruling the the political system. Which is funny because this has become a common Conspiracy theory nowadays, (laughs) yeah. These games are in the way we can see from the US, these
1: are quite prophetic games in their way. I mean, like Metal Gear Solid 2, for instance, predicted the rise in
0: social media. Uh, For me, Metal Gear Solid story is defined by its complexity and its verbosity. (laughs) 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 So, a lot of the codec calls tend to last a long time, except for the last game. And at first, I found that weird, but then. You know, I I fell in love with the with the little beep that you hear before a code call. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, I really like that cast of characters that you get on your support radio, Uh, the soliton radar, like that kind of stealth where you're avoiding the the sort of vision of the of the enemies' patrols. You're avoiding um, combat, crawling, hiding, sneaking. Um, equipment procured on-site, so you're starting off with a very low inventory. And then these colorful characters that come in normally as your enemies, so you have the Foxhound unit, the Death Cell, the Cobra unit, uh, the Beauty and the Beast unit, like these crazy outlandish bosses. I think they really define the the series as well. Um, In terms of teams there's definitely genetics information control i feel is a big one it it, it, yeah yeah, and militarization and i
2: think i think what uh what what hideo kojima did as well he sort of in my opinion took the cold war you know the rise of nuclear weapons and sort of transformed that in a way in a rise and pro- proliferation of of uh, robots and and giant robots and made that into the new threat for the world
0: marco you know more about japanese sort of fiction than i do but isn't that um giant mecha thing a very japanese thing and it's very curious because it's filtered <laughs> it's a lot about the us like the story is a lot about america actually but it's told by this, through this very japanese lens of these giant mecha robots
1: (laughs) i mean on this giant mecha and the the antagonists can be described as these crazy anime terrorists a lot of the time
0: True, never. so yeah they're
1: they're very western games in a way or like kojima clearly is a bit obsessed with u.s american culture at the same time he's not afraid to criticize it so like in five for instance none of them Mm -hmm. really five perhaps most overt but mm-hmm.
0: speaking of being obsessed i mean snake himself is you know the, the character originally the the first nes game he was very much snake bliskin wasn't he metal gear yeah,
1: but that's why he's named snake and there is a,
0: a reference to snake bliskin and in
1: four i believe where he calls himself snake bliskin
0: uh, Snake Pliskin is the character Kurt Russell plays in these 80s movies, right? Uh, Escape from New York. Escape from New York and Escape so, from
1: LA. You... Actually, there's a bit of a funny story with those. Yeah, yeah. Since The very first Metal Gear Solid, the director of the Escape from New York, uh, John Carpenter, was warned by his producers that, oh, like, there, are, there are these video games which are ripping off your, your game series and they like, should see you. Then John Carpenter talked to Kojima and found him to be a really nice and enthusiastic guy. So I decided not to sue. Oh,
2: very <laughs> cool. Yeah, because actually it's important to mention that the series started in yeah, the the like very
1: first uh, Metal yeah. Gear came out way back in 87. Mm-hmm. It was followed by a, by a sequel, so... Battle Gear 2, in 1990. Before Metal Gear Solid was released in 98.
2: Because, yeah, a lot of people think it's, it all started with Metal Gear Solid. I mean, put Metal Gear Solid um, exploded, uh, put it on the
3: but map. In exactly. fact, Metal Gear Solid um, 2 refers
1: to the, first, the very first two Metal Gears.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I
2: wonder if they will ever remake those original two,
1: mm. actually. There have been plenty of rumors that Metal Gear Solid might be remade, but who knows.
0: Yeah. I mean, with... Yeah. Uh, I won't go into it, but the property is effectively in hibernation right now, um, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean Konami, K- Konami owns the property. I mean Hitio Kojima left Konami to form his own company, so he can't. He, it's doubted that he'd ever get control back of his own creation.
0: Yeah, um, to, to go back to a bit of more of a positive vibe. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Solid uh, Snake as a character, right? Um, I'd like to talk about him a little bit. Of course. It's very interesting to me how he's portrayed as this sort of... He's always tired of of being in the action. He always wants to retire, but he never manages to retire. That's a trope in in and of itself. But somehow, he's humanized a lot. So in the second game, you see him through the lens of Raiden, who is this rookie, and you see this legend who's already becoming old and tired. And then at the, you know, in Guns of the Patriots, you see this hero who's managed to save the world multiple times, uh, start to deteriorate, and ultimately you see the your hero die. Um. so I, I really love the character of, of Solid Snake you know the performance by David Hayter brought a lot to you know of charisma to him as well the way he was written as a sort of James Bond slash Rambo sometimes figure yeah I think he's I'm not sure I think it would be Kojima himself that he
1: described Snake as James Bond meets Rambo I mean if not, if not him some critic that unfortunately who, I, can't, I can't recall mm. who
0: um uh, actually, I, re- I really would have liked more games with him and the helm, but obviously it went in a different direction with you know playing the. Earth. Yeah,
1: they had they replaced him in five, unfortunately. No, no,
0: I, I didn't mean the actor. Um, I meant the character. So, it... yeah, with Solid Snake, I mean I don't know. I think with four,
1: Kojima told or he or he wanted to tell with uh, with
0: Solid Snake. Mm. Um. So yeah. Um. What What do you think of 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 Solid Snake? Do you Do you like him? As the protagonist, or do you prefer some of the other protagonists that we get? Uh, Raiden, Naked Snake, Phantom Snake, the playable character, I mean. My favorite, as far as playable
1: characters go, it's three—it's Big Boss. Back then, he's just Snake in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, for me, is by far the most charming and funniest of these protagonists.
3: I I have to
2: concur with Marco as well. I don't know, maybe I'm too biased towards Snake Eater, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Snake Eater by I, far. I mean,
1: is, I think we can admit it. I mean, I think that that's one of my favorites, probably the favorite for me.
0: Yeah, me too. I have to I have to admit it. Yeah, in yeah, terms was, of story, especially.
1: So yeah, that's also like the goofiest yeah. game. I mean, Snake is a ridiculous man. He's a complete goofball. Well, everyone in that game is a goofball. Really, it's a hilarious game. <laughs> Snake himself is hilarious. The radio cast he's with are ridiculous. I mean, a totally ridiculous villain in play as well.
0: So, would you would you say Great. Naked Snake is your favorite character throughout the series? Yeah. Or? yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is something funny about. Uh, solid snake, and for example, Metal Gear Solid, you know, you have this he's very flirty, um, frustrated, f- but also frustrated old man in a way, you know, like who's come out of retirement and uh, a bit irritated by the whole situation, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, so that frustration he just
0: wants to go seeps
2: in, sort of, while you're playing. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's a good character, you know, it's, it's a very solid character. <laughs> I'm I one of your puns.
0: <laughs> Damn, you beat me with that punch. A
2: very, a very
3: solid. Smith.
0: Um, <laughs> I Sorry, my I couldn't. favorite have character, that. though, not playable, has to be Ocelot. Um,
1: oh, yeah, Ocelot is amazing.
0: I used to read this webcomic called The Last Days of Foxhound. Do you remember them? I've read a few of them. I mean,
1: this is that's the one with it, I think it gets into like the idea of Foxhound with liquid stain. I mean it was Foxhound, a right? it was
0: a funny webcomic by a fan. But yeah, yeah, you a know that it was a parody, but also had this triple backstabber disorder like he couldn't help himself (laughs) like he he keeps betraying
1: is it's
0: really interesting since he starts off
1: like in 3 he's this Russian operative but he's like Kojima he is obsessed with American culture He's he has an American revolver and he's like doing these ridiculous gun gun tricks flipping his guns around and so on he's revealed to be a double agent if not a triple agent constantly shifting alliances from game to game?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I used to play them with... Uh, I, I played Metal Gear Solid 3 with uh, a friend who was convinced that Ocelot was in love with Big Boss. <laughs> because... Yeah, I mean, could, could
1: be. I mean, there is that prison, if you will, between the two characters. I mean,
0: as much as he changes alliances, ultimately, if you take a step back and you see the whole series... He uh, sorry, Chris, because the, a lot of this is past uh, Snake Eater. But in the in what in what I call the ah, uh, it's okay Walkman trilogy, so that is Peace Walker, uh, Ground Zeroes, and Phantom Pain, you see basically Big Boss become the villain, right? I mean, build his mercenary army, and Ocelot is right there with him. And it, it's mm-hmm. very that's clear right. after Guns of the Patriots that everything Oslo did was to bring justice to Big Boss, essentially. For... He was always on Big Boss's side, even when he seemed to be with the Patriots. So, yeah, but that's mm-hmm. the most fascinating character to me.
1: And, 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 again, like in 3, he's a lot of fun in 3. Well, he's a lot of fun, but maybe not in... And he's the antagonist in uh, 4, where he... Apparently brainwashed himself to think he has he's possessed by the ghost of Liquid Snake, or maybe he is possessed by the ghost of Liquid Snake.
0: Because Snake. if you attach someone someone's arm. Of course.
2: <laughs> I I always found that plot line a bit uh funny.
1: But as I mentioned earlier, this is this is a very dreamlike game and dreams can turn to nightmares, so <laughs>
2: This game is run on dream logic. Yeah, you have to keep that. I mean the story. I liked sort of uh, are ele- elements of the story, but I mean the whole uh, general sort of conspiracy, um, which which culminates especially in the in the fourth game, because I still read a little bit about it. I mean, I'm not sure I'm completely sold about it, you know, if I had to put a bit of a criticism. But I'm definitely in love with the gameplay and some of the story elements.
0: You said something, um, Marco, that uh, dreamlike that can turn into nightmares. Did you write that in your dissertation? It sounds...
1: I, I think I have. Because, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, that's something I should tell. But, like, five is... Three is not my favorite, then it's five, since I did get to do my undergrad thesis on five, so <laughs>
2: I'm qualified to talk about Metal Gear, I suppose. And what what was the main name of main question for dissertation? It was about like Metal Gear Solid
1: Five as a utopian video game.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. So i I vote Ocelot as my all-time favorite characters. Would you agree or do you want to pick another Character as your favorite? As I
1: mentioned, it's, it's could be it's probably still Snake as a Naked Snake. I mean, but I, you, so I and, um, think.
2: You also very close. I think for me as well, it's uh, Liquid Snake. Yeah. So. Liquid. Oh, um, sorry. The, na- na- the Naked Snake. Naked I Snake. I mean, the main protagonist of the um, third uh,
3: game.
0: Yeah, okay. I should have said that in a different tone of voice. I should have been like, Liquid! (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot What you know, Old Snake. That's his reaction every time he sees his brother. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Liquid. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. So, Naked Snake wins, I guess. Um, So... Yeah, so moving on. So we've spoken about the iconic things. Oh, we, we didn't actually mention the, the cardboard box. That's very. Oh, important.
2: yeah. That's a very important element.
0: Every time I see a cardboard box, even up to this day, I want to hide <laughs> in it.
2: We actually, a few years back in the Malta Comic Con, there was someone who cosplayed. Actually, Jason, someone I know cosplayed Solid Snake, and in uh, his performance, he uh, went out in a cardboard box.
1: Snake has a whole monologue about how great it is to be in a, in a cardboard box.
3: Uh, Snake, what are you doing?
0: I'm in a box. A cardboard box? Why are you in... I don't know, I was just looking at it, and suddenly I got this irresistible urge to get inside. No, not just an urge more than that. It was my destiny to be here. In the box. Destiny? Yeah. And then when I put it on, I suddenly got this feeling of inner peace. I can't put it into words. I feel safe. Like this is where I was meant to be. Like I'd found the key to true
2: happiness. Uh-huh. Does any of that make sense? Not even a little.
0: You should come inside the box. Then you'll know what I mean.
2: Man, I don't want to know what you mean. Between you and Paramedic, is everyone but me that is hooked up with the major strange? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, anyway, I suppose even that dumbass box might make a decent disguise if you wear it inside a building.
0: We've covered the favorite his, uh, game in the series, the person of history. Um, and the uh, favorite characters. So, any, any best scenes or best moments that stick with you from any of the games, including the old ones, including anything that you love?
1: Where, uh, Metal Gear Solid, where Psy- uh, Psycho Mantis shows up and shatters the fourth wall. The moment where the game the seems like nature really kicks in. But the game starts off as this kind of quite grounded... Science fiction military game. You meet this like weirdo with, who has psychic powers who can read your memory card. You have to unplug your controller from the first port and put it in the second port. Defeat him because he reads your mind. Yeah, that's when the game gets really weird. So it is striking, striking moment in hell in game history in general.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that was. It was quite amazing, and um, yeah, for me, I, I loved. Uh, um, uh, I think in in, in in Snake Eater. If I'll move on a bit to another game, I mean, there's there's uh, the whole scenes in the, in the jungle, you know, um, uh, and uh, when you're. Uh, um uh, fighting you know the bosses when you're fighting the sorrow for example um and you're sort of in this purgatory um yeah there's um uh, the the boss fights towards the end as well of snake uh eater you know all of those are sort of stuck uh with me and i i must mention the second game the ending of the second game as well uh well like when you end up in the city uh where when the fight spills into the streets of the city that was also quite cool yeah i mean those those are some of the memorable moments you know and i mean of course there's the the using the catch-up in in the first game to get out of the cell i mean running after the mice and and the uh, air ducts, you know, to get into the base. I mean, these are all... Did you follow
1: the controversy back in the Metal Gear Solid 2 days? I mean, don't forget, the game starts off, you're playing a snake, right, in Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, really excellent opening level, then suddenly, the, that that opening level is a virtual reality session, and in fact, you're playing as Raiden, this kind of effeminate anime pretty boy. There was a lot of controversy going on at the time on online, especially. It's only later that Metal Gear Solid Two got like critically re reevaluated as no one. It's in fact, it's fantastic.
2: Uh huh. I mean, for me, I-, I was never really one that gets angry when there is change in a. In a story, I really don't get this. When people get so angry when there's a bit of a change in characters in a story, in a in a movie, you know, for me, change brings new life to 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 a product, to a story, to a movie, to a game, you know. So I I I and I like I liked Raiden actually, you know, and I liked that they gave him his own path as well, you know, like becoming sort of the... In the end, he becomes a bit the ninja. And
1: with The Gear Solid 2, he, it's explained in 4, but with The Gear Solid 2 ends with him just leaving this world and trying to make a new life for himself. And the game tells you to switch off the video game and live your life as well. And to, uh, to stop worrying. This is, this is just yeah, a stupid yeah, video yeah. game. Like Stop worrying and have fun, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no.
0: Speaking of Raiden, um, that would be my favorite moment because it actually hit as intended. I didn't know what the hell was going on. When suddenly the colonel was like, I hear it's amazing when the famous purple stuffed worm in the flap just space with the tuning fork, blah blah blah. Scissors sixty one. I was like, What is going on? equipment, you're running naked inside these uh, you know, hallways mm-hmm. and you know, your, your commanding officer starts going crazy uh-huh. and it's actually telling you you've been playing too long turn off the console and stuff like that, it's just, it really really stuck with me um, the Psycho Mantis thing stuck with me way less actually because uh-huh. I, it was overhyped and I played it on oh, PC okay. and there was no like memory card um, uh-huh. <laughs> stuff that like for me it was a bit lame, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, the port to the PC sort of you lose that uh, moment from Psycho Mantis, but the Metal Gear Solid Two moment it really hit. Um, you know the whole Patriots conspiracy like, yeah, being Metal Solid game.
1: Two was this idea that you I, Raiden might raid in might still the Sol- be in a simulation. It's never. He he is in a simulation because, like, you, when you meet Snake, he tells you he has infinite ammo. That's she's, it's, you're you're, prote- you're playing a video game where the protagonist is <laughs> in a video game.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't personally subscribe to the VR theory. I think. MGS two really happened. In the end, MGS
1: two again just tells you to not to worry about it.
0: Yeah, don't obsess about the meaning, but um, works too much.
2: Uh, I must mention here because it's something I did recently that there's quite a few books written in the Metal Gear Solid world. I mean, I've read only one, but recently I, um, well, the the one I read is basically. Uh, telling the story of Metal Gear Solid. So, um, it's written by Raymond Benson, which we did already mention James Bond, and in fact, Raymond Benson was um, commissioned by the James Bond literary copyright holders to write several 007 novels. So, he's someone familiar with the James Bond world, Um, but he's also the author of uh, the best-selling books uh, of Tom Clancy, uh, Tom Clancy's uh, Splinter Cell. So um, definitely someone who's familiar with the espionage genre, um, let's say. Um, So yeah, the book is basically a telling of, of, of Metal Gear Solid. I mean... I wouldn't rate it extremely highly. Maybe for me it works better in in a video game than reading it, you know. Um, but there's there's a lot of books I I found online as well. And
1: you also the mentioned comics, comics just, so comics are just I mean adaptations. I mean they have really quite nice art by Ashley Wood. But at the same time, these are like video games; they're meant to be.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Although it's interesting to see how it it
2: sort of from a video game it went into into or tried to go into all these different forms. Um, and we must mention here the amazing music the game has. Yeah, I mean the music of Metal Gear Solid is also something that really adds um, uh, to the experience, in my opinion. You know.
0: I mean, it, there was some controversy about that because actually Henry Gregson Williams just composed the main team uh, of Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty and uh, all the other teams during the gameplay. So, Yelled at Cell, the Vamp team, the Arsenal Gear team, uh, Fat Man, all of those teams were. By someone else. In fact, you can really tell the difference because during the gameplay, it's not so cinematic. You know, you have that one orchestral cinematic uh, intro music that we all love. And then, actually, Harry Gregson Williams was only brought in for like a a, a small time, but his name was everywhere because of, uh, you know, the Hollywood connections and Kojima's love. Uh, so I believe recently uh, the composer of the game came out and was like actually I, I did most of the work yeah. guys like with, with, with solid 5
1: Gregson just did the team as well like the rest of the soundtrack was by I believe people in the Konami sound team but I might be wrong but yeah just
0: did the team I mean I love the vocal tracks so you know calling to the night uh, there's the you know the ending song for Metal Gear Solid. It's haunting, it's beautiful. There's uh, Words That Kill Love, Sins of the Father, sorry, Sins of the Father and Metal Gear Solid 5. So there's a lot of these vocal tracks, actually, that I really like. And Um, of course,
2: we have to mention the sound effects that have (laughs) also made Metal Gear Solid
3: so (laughs) famous. You know the exclamations,
2: Oh yes, and when, when the soldier notice you, you know, um, the shouting of snake when you die, you know, uh, through the codec. I mean, these are all iconic <laughs> sound effects. Yeah, yeah.
0: The game over thing.
2: Yeah, it's such a part of the game, you know that.
0: And the best vocal track. Sorry, uh, to go back to it, but obviously it's the opening. Oh. Uh, song of <laughs> Snake Eater, very James Bond-ish.
2: Oh, I love it.
0: Still in a... Snake Eater.
2: <laughs> I, I, it's the best yeah, James Bond song ever made, though. Oh.
0: <laughs> the lyrics are hilarious.
1: That's the games with the game, yeah. They, in the game, you can literally eat all the animals. <laughs> they might make the character sick, but he was
3: still eat them.
0: I just played Snake Eater, uh, the Virtuous Mission, last week. I told you, Chris, uh, in preparation for the podcast, just to get into the mindset. And unfortunately, my old PlayStation 2 is a bit broken, and I couldn't go into the menu to to do anything, like change camouflage, I Mm. couldn't eat animals, I couldn't Uh, heal wounds. So it was very difficult to play it like that. (laughs) Uh, uh, That's why I stopped after the first two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's very many one have floor, gameplay.
1: really. It has, its interface is, is really, really clunky. It's a great game once you get used to it and you learn its intricacies. It's fantastic, and there's, a lot, there's an incredible amount of depth in it, but while you're getting used to those menus, it's a bit of a pain.
0: The irony is that all the gameplay issues that there were in the series, I think were solved in Phantom Pain. Like, that is the perfect Metal Gear Solid experience. That we can disagree. You can agree to disagree with
1: that thing, one. But, but yeah.
3: I, I feel First like... As gameplay goes. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I feel it's the game. I, I think... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: basically, with 5, it's an incomplete game, right? But I think everyone agrees with that. It's...
0: Yeah, 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 but that's from the story point of view. The yeah, yeah, no, but that's well...
1: that's what I meant. Like, when it comes to the story, it's meant to be incomplete. That's why it works. It's an incomplete story. Okay. It's like again, like the, even the name of the game, like Phantom Pain. It's the, it's the pain you feel when you lose a limb, but you're still feeling this limb which is not there. Team, which is.
0: But my point was. Um, You know, three and four, and every game had its clunkiness, but the gameplay and the campaign was, you know, very polished.
1: Oh no, with that I agree totally. It's
3: it is definitely the, the best playing. To
0: ah, okay, so we are agreeing. Mm. Yeah, no, no, in terms of gameplay, no, no, it's perfect.
2: You remember, guys, a few years ago we had done this evening when we played. Uh, the fifth game and we did a side mission where we had to hunt this bear and we like spent spent the whole evening hunting this bear. Yeah,
0: what in was Metal that? Gear I think you can build a zoo on yes. Mother Base, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I have to fight, find the rare bear and balloon it back to Mother Base.
0: <laughs> oh, that's another thing I love. I mean... Fultoning people. I, I, I was so enjoying that in, back in twenty fifteen. Just like just faltering like containers and equipment. Fulton and equipment. is really cool since the games kind of
1: encourage you not to kill people. Like you're encouraged to do like no kill runs. But in five space to not kill people and just send them back to your base instead.
0: Yeah. It's it's you know, I think the, I'd like to start concluding now, uh, but the main thing I'm noticing is how innovative every game is. Like, every game has its own thing that it tries. It might not succeed. Like, the Octo Camo mm-hmm. was, like, generally pretty useless. Um, like, it just did what the Camo did in mm-hmm. Snake Eater, but without the menus. But, you know, every game introduced some really cool concepts, oh, even though, you know, you're doing the same thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, it always tried to stay one step ahead, although <laughs> it didn't really work with the last on canon. Ah, game, which introduced Gear,
3: Survive. you
1: mean, Solid. Metal Gear <laughs> the... <laughs> it hurts, to be no. honest, there's this YouTube channel, Tour High Heels, who did a really in depth series on Metal Gear Solid. He insists that it's not as bad, that bad of a game. It's not great, it's not a great Metal Gear Solid, even, but it's not that
0: terrible. I mean, it's good to keep an open mind because for a, a long time I was pretty much ignoring uh, Metal Gear Revenge. Oh, yeah.
3: oh, yes, it's fun. Like even the spin, as far as spin-offs goes,
1: the go the, the PlayStation Portable Asset games are really interesting. Not great, but they're weird little like sort of turn-based
2: battle gear games, if you can believe that. And they were made by Kojima as well.
1: Asset. they're produced by him. They're all they're by Konami, okay. but okay. He, he produced them. He wasn't the director. Especially like Metal Gear Acid Two has a really cool art style. Oh so yeah, Ghost Babel is a spin-off on the original Game Boy, sort of a remake of Metal Gear Solid, but for the Game Boy. Yeah, l- interesting little game. Not amazing, but uh, I really like these. Do you like
0: Do you like Snakes
1: Revenge? But I've never haven't played actually. That's for for the Curious Snake's Revenge was the sequel to the first Metal Gear produced by an American Konami team. That's what spurred Ko- Kojima to, to, to make an official Metal Gear scene.
0: Cool. Uh, thanks, Marco, for the like, insight in the spin-offs and sort of non-canon games in the series. There's a lot of, uh, of that that I had no idea <laughs> too about. Too
1: much, Ivan, I think. <laughs> Way too much.
0: Uh, sure. Let's let's bring it back and uh, start concluding then, shall we?
3: Sure. Sure thing.
0: Oh, okay. Um, to be honest, this week I actually played a lot of Metal Gear, so uh, that was that was a blast. I was thinking maybe we can just each of us give like a general summary of what we think about the series as a whole. Do you want to go yeah. first, Chris?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, it for me the Metal Gear series brings a lot of nostalgia, you know, and uh, it was always a uh, surprising uh, the Metal Gear Solid games were always uh with some surprises, you know, always with um game gameplay um uh, innovations, you know, with uh plot twists, you know, so it it always brought something new to the the video game, to to whatever uh, console I was playing them on, you know, it it was always with a lot of innovation. And I must say, I had some of my um, best gaming memories with these games. Uh,
0: I used to be skeptical, I remember, and then I really got into them. So I wish I had gotten into the story earlier. I was just a bit turned off um, by how complex it was but, and, and how many things you have to keep track of. But ultimately, you know, once, once I really got into Snake Eater, that was, I think, um, the turning point for me, playing Snake Eater in 2006, um, and the, specifically the boss fight against The End. Um, that is probably one of my best gaming memories, as you said. Uh, I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so tense. I remember like, I don't know, uh, the, an hour and a half or, or something, just sniper battle in the forest or jungle of fictional Russia. <laughs> <It was laughs> uh, yeah, so overall, though, the series to me remains one of the yeah, one of the leading examples of what video games can do as a medium uh, when it comes to storytelling and using their mechanics as part of the experience. So I hope Kojima continues to innovate and hopefully uh, we will see this franchise maybe revived in some form um, eventually. We, we can only hope.
1: Yeah, but I can't add much to what you guys have said, although I disagree slightly as to whether this, the franchise should be revived or not, I mean, unless Konami or whoever, someone might buy the franchise, I mean there were rumors Sony was going to buy the rights to Metal gear, Lord knows if that will happen, but maybe they'll find someone as clever to take it over, I mean, but if not we still got five pretty fantastic games, plus too many like quite interesting spin-offs too check out, so there's plenty of Metal Gear still to go
0: around. Yeah, I put on uh, Rising this week just to slash some robot got open.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, we failed to even mention uh, <laughs> Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. That's one of my favorite games of all time, even.
0: I mean, after playing Ghost of Tsushima, it was weird going back to its um, control scheme, to be honest. <laughs>
1: it's a very different game from anything else. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but super fun as well um, oh, cool. you know just screaming rules of nature and fighting <laughs> the metal gear ray and just
1: it's one of the best soundtracks of anything
0: yeah that's how actually i remembered about it i was just in a bit of a mood um, in my car and i threw on the metal gear rising soundtrack because you know <laughs> and i was like oh i should play that game again
3: and don't get
0: too pumped by rules of nature while you're while on the road, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love... I mean, these games, honestly, I think they will come back in some form. Uh, I know maybe Kojima won't be involved, but with the movie coming out, there will be a renewed mm-hmm. interest. And where there's money to be made, I'm sure Konami will try and... I don't the, know, maybe more pachinko the th- machines.
2: <laughs> the thing is... I think the thing is, if Konami sell the rights to Sony, there is a chance Kojima could be back, I think. Um, uh, Because I think, um, from what I understood, there were some issues with Konami. But if Konami
3: sell the rights to the game, um, Kojima could probably go back to the series. It depends. I mean, Kojima wanted to
1: end the series since Metal Gear Solid Two. That was supposed to be the last Metal Gear. Then Metal Gear Three, then Four, then but Five.
2: It, it, Again, could be, suppose, it could be. It could be maybe a remake of the games from the eighties. You know, you know not necessarily a new, a new chapter. You know, but like, a, um, yeah, like the two games that came out in the eighties. We haven't seen those in three D. You know,
3: I think. No, no. There were rumors that Blue Point
1: Games, the, the remake mm-hmm. masters, they've done like Shadow of the Colossus and Demon Souls on PlayStation oh, 5. Interesting. There were rumors that we were going to be working on a Metal Gear. That maybe Mr. Gear is the very first one for PlayStation 5. Interesting. Or 4, which would be like a tremendous task. Like apparently, apparently Konami lost the source code wow. or something like that for four, which is why it never got ported to anything else. Wow, was, I didn't know that. So was just uh, on PlayStation Three.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's something
1: really weird. Like that, that game was built very specifically for PlayStation Three. It was a very long and difficult development, and nothing else would. I've like
0: never that. actually played Peace Walker because it's on a portable system. Uh,
1: it was ported to PlayStation 3. Yeah? There's a pack with, with Peace Walker and uh, oh. Metal Gear Solid 3, I think. So it, it exists on home consoles as well.
0: Cool. So just to conclude, uh, what are you playing nowadays, guys? And actually, if I can start, I was
1: playing, I just finished something which is nearly as convoluted in terms of plot as Metal Gear Solid series. Just finished the remake of uh, Final Fantasy VII, which came out like l- late last year on PlayStation. And that's 4. part
0: one of the remake, right? Yeah,
1: just basically just retells the very first section from the original
3: PlayStation
0: one game. Cool, I'm... it's really good. I mean, that's another legendary one from around the same era of the original MGS.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was one of the reasons why, in a way, I got into video games, but not the game itself. Like articles about it, I only got to play it much later, actually. But one of the very first issues of PlayStation magazines I got to buy had, of the like, the concept art of Cloud
0: on the cover. With his uh, Buster Sword, I guess. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Did you enjoy it? Was it what you were hoping? for?
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean. That's something quite interesting where it's not exactly the same story as the original. Like the, Some characters are aware of the story and they don't want to go through it again.
0: So they're fighting fate. Oh, okay. So there's some meta-aware.
3: Cool. That's, that's right. Yeah, I heard they
0: made some changes, but it seems that they over-
1: Yeah, there's these meta-elements. There's like hints of alternative timelines as well it gets pretty weird and complex it's that's really funny because
0: down. there's remake in the title but at the same time it sounds like they're doing like a, a reboot almost like start
1: yeah again that's why it's a remake they're like remaking literally remaking <laughs> the the original game it's not just retelling it but like remaking like changing
0: the story so you would recommend it? It's been on my to buy list since it came out.
3: Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, are you familiar
1: with the original Final Fantasy VII, though?
0: I'm familiar with the plot, but I never played the game.
1: Yeah, does ne- it needs, so? You need to be at least familiar with with its plot, because otherwise, like the twists by the end, like you won't get what's happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I've seen somewhere, I forget where, maybe on Twitter that. People start just playing the remake first, and going back to the original FF7,
3: which could be something as well.
0: Cool. Um, yeah, definitely on my, you know, it's been in my shopping cart for a while. <laughs> so maybe I'll get around to that. Um, uh, Chris, what are you playing on your Switch this week? Um,
3: so a couple of days ago, I finished... Uh...
2: The DLC of uh, The Witcher 3, so Blood and Wine. That was really a really, really cool uh, addition uh, to the game. Um, and then I continued The Long Dark, which is a post-apocalyptic survival uh, game. Um, it's in chapters, so I had finished chapter one, and now I continue chapter two. Um, it's like a, on an island, a Canadian island, and... You have to search for food for supplies, you have main missions and um, secondary missions as well. So it's, it's really, really good. I mean, it's first person survival game, I would call it, you know. Um, it, it, it has a bit it re- in a way it reminds you a little bit of Firewatch, but of course, there's more the element of, of survival of. of uh finding food or finding resources collecting wood for fire um, so this
0: this canadian island there's no one else on it or do you no, meet No other there people? are you meet you meet other people
2: in fact chapter 2 I'm I I have to help someone who's been injured um uh, while fighting a bear so it's um oh. and chapter 1 as well there was um a lady that
0: you were helping sort of so yeah there is so it's a sort of role-playing game as well you play the role of a very polite and helpful canadian
2: um yeah yeah i mean uh, <laughs> it's uh
0: it's uh
2: it has a lot of uh elements to it you know the story um and i, I had been it was on my radar for a while um, and then it came out on the switch and i got it over Christmas, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting game. And this week, I should be uh, getting the um, Little Nightmares 2, which I'm looking forward to
0: as well. I've noticed some online discourse about that. I have no idea what that is, though.
2: Yeah, it's a horror uh, game. Um, I really like the first one. Now I got the special edition. I'm getting like a whole pack with
0: soundtrack and art book. Should be cool. Awesome. Um, Cool, guys. Thanks. I mean, from my side, I'm not playing that much this week, to be honest. Uh, As I said, I played a little bit of Metal Gear Solid just to get my head back into that world for this podcast today. Um, Yeah, I actually threw on Metal Gear Rising. Uh, I played a little bit of Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. Uh, I played a little bit more of Red Dead Redemption 2 because I have a thing where I don't do a lot of the side missions. I sort of mainline the main story. And then a few months later, I kind of reload an old save, and I'm just doing random stuff in the, the world of Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, you know, I uh, sometimes I feel like I've spent, you know, sometimes up to upwards of 60 euros on a game. So I try to go back to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's ghost runner um which you know some people finished immediately uh, how i don't know how um you know about ghost runner
1: it's like a cyberpunk like a speed running game right
0: yeah it's like um, miami hotline but in first person it's like miami i mean yeah sorry I, <laughs> like uh, you know everyone dies in one hit including you but you're, you know, free running, wall running, jumping, slowing time. You're a r- sort of cyborg ninja, slicing people and just, you know, with this cool cyberpunk music. But you die a lot, um, all the time. and
1: It's a bit like Battle like, Gear uh, Rising, except it's nothing like it. But there are cyborg ninjas and the pumping soundtrack.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, I've heard of it, but never got around to playing it, so maybe I'll do I mean, it.
0: I, I got it on, like, a discount, so it was only 15.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh Apparently, it's supposed to be short, like six hours, but I'm pretty bad at it, so I'm still on, like, the fifth level, I think. And unfortunately, it's one of those games that doesn't have a save system inside the chapters. so you have checkpoints. Uh-huh. But if you turn off the console, you have to restart the whole chapter.
3: Oh, oh, okay.
0: And there's this fifth chapter. I just, you know, can't get to the end of it because I often don't have that much time. So, yeah,
1: okay. so I, I suppose the Hotline Miami comparison is quite that since that game is quite similar. But you yeah. have to finish it in one go. Otherwise, there's no saving.
0: Yeah, the, the devs actually said they were inspired by that kind of. They want to reward the hardcore gamer, and I'm definitely yeah. not uh, mm. <laughs> uh, not that kind of gamer. I just, you know, like the. It reminded me of Bioshock and Mirror's Edge and maybe Dishonored all combined together. Okay, oh, well, that's with, a lot of, a, there. Yeah, with a cyberpunk theme, so yeah, that's why I got it. Okay, uh, cool.
3: Anything else you're looking forward to? As I said,
2: little nightmares, too. Um, uh, like, uh, hopefully, it should arrive in the coming days. Um, I, I still have a lot of, a, a lot of uh, backlog when it comes to games uh, to play. So I have Xenoblade to finish. I have The Long Dark. Um, so I have a lot of things in my library to run through, sort of. <laughs> Been we'll
1: safe here too. regarding the backlog, but I'm really tempted by Persona 5 Strikers, which is
3: coming out soon. So maybe I'll get that. Awesome.
0: Enjoy your gaming time, guys. Uh, <laughs> you Cheers. Too. You too. And uh, as Kazuhira Miller says, be careful down there, boss. <laughs> I, I think that's what he says anyway.
3: I think
0: so. Cool. See you, guys. See you, guys. I think this episode was pretty good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're pretty good.
0: Good. Thanks for having
1: me, guys. It was a blast.
0: Thank you for uh, joining, uh, Marco. Yeah, thanks, Marco.